Hey guys, do you like sports? Do you like podcasts? Of course you do. You listen to the Sports Dance Podcast. So go rate us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a good rating and review. Like us on Facebook. Share us on Twitter. Uh, this really helps the show, guys. If you want other people to uh, hear our hot sports takes as well, then you can do these things and really help us out. So again, Sports Dance on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Enjoy the show. The Sports Dance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he catwalked across the entire stage of the Olympic Open ceremonies. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, man? I was looking pretty good, wasn't I? You had the thing going, man. You had the strut. I did. I mean, I had it down pat. I was trying to do my best blue steel. Uh, I think I nailed it. I thought it was really good. Giselle was smiling the entire time when you did it. You, uh, when she did it, you were very serious. Uh, I had to be. It's opening ceremonies. You got to take that stuff serious. Yeah, James. this is the real. It's deal. professionalism. Yeah, I heard the crowd chanting my name, but did I did I move? No. no. I kept focus. I did my job. I looked damn good doing it, and that slit in my dress. Woo! Yeah, it was amazing. It the was. leg was out. The lot. The walk was long. The heels were enormous. I loved every second of it. Yeah, I was so actually a little worried. I was a little worried about those. You know, five inches. Uh, five inches, l- little, yeah. d- little scary. Which is crazy because you're already six foot seven, so yeah. five inch heels puts Just, you well over seven foot. Yeah, it was, according to math. And I felt like DeAndre Jordan for a little bit. Awesome, man. Okay, uh, <laughs> we actually uh, usually last few weeks when I say that we've got a lot to talk about, uh, I'm usually lying. And yeah, straight I, through your teeth. I want to apologize to our listeners for lying because that's wrong of me. But now, Greg. We actually do. We have a lot to talk about. It's so cool. It's, it's starting to... It's uh, fantastic. It's starting to Mo- actually kind of get into, you know... We can kind of thank the Olympics for that, because that's going to be the majority of today. Yeah, that's going to be the main part Any of today. Any other August, the sports dance uh, would continue to flounder around this time. So next year, make sure we're super popular so we can get, like, guests <laughs> in. They can fill up all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, but before we get into anything, before we get into Alex Rodriguez, before we get into... Um, I guess any, <laughs> basically Olympics. Tim uh, Tebow coming back up in the news. Tim Tebow. Before we get into all that, Greg, uh, what's going on with you, man? Anything, anything new in the life of Greg? I got to play my first round of golf this past weekend. Wow. Yeah, it's taken a while to get out. I was going to say, you usually get out a little bit earlier. I'm, I usually get like 10 to 15 rounds in, and I haven't so far because life's just gotten busy. So uh, you're, yeah. you're like a golf guy, though. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, I'm not like going out there every week like practicing right. my putts. I'm not taking it seriously. Okay. I'm the guy that when you golf with, you're either going to love golfing with or hate because I just kind of mess around. If I hit a bad shot, if I hit it into the sand, I'll make yeah. a joke out of it. Like, I don't really care. There's some people you play with and they're just like, they hit a bad shot and they're just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? What are you doing? To themselves. Yeah. Not to anybody else. But then I'm like, relax. You're not Tiger Woods. Right. Not even like, I don't even know who's a really bad golfer that's on the professional tour because I guess you can't be. Who knows? But, like, it's like, calm down. You're not no. getting paid for this. You're paying to do this. Take it easy. Not Jim Furyk, who we actually no. should talk about. Oh, man, <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, yeah. The way I golf is I, um, you know, I, I think that if you golf a, a lot, like, 10 to 15 rounds seems excessive to me. The reason being is because that gets you, like, enough practice 
to be okay. Yeah, I'm not bad. I, I can shoot in the 80s. Exactly. But the reason being is because that kind of gives you a taste of what it'd be like to actually be good, which you <laughs> will not be. No. Unless you're a professional golfer. Trust me, I started my golf, golf career at like shooting 130s. Right. Like I went to a, when I was like first into it, two, three years into golfing, I went to a tournament thing, like charity event, and they had an award for worst golfer, which I won. Congratulations. But I was like, the worst golfer got a bucket of balls, a bunch of free balls, a scorecard, like digital scorecard, a bunch of nice stuff. And I was like, right. I should just be the worst golfer at all of these all the time because I get an award. If you're middle of the road, you get nothing. I think the, I think the ideal number of times to go golfing during the summer, only during the summer, is three. Go golfing three times during the summer. Well, I'm on pace. I'm on pace to do that. Well, okay. Um... The reason being is because three times gives you, you know, a good amount of outdoors time, right? Uh, it gives you a good amount of time with the bros. You walk around with the bros. Um, the way, because the way I play golf, like let's bring a couple brews. Yeah, exactly. Let's just kind of like do our thing. I'm not going to care a if huge I huge bag of balls because I'm going to lose a yeah, bunch of them. I don't care if I hook it left into a tree. And then every once in a while, I hit a nice shot. I'm like, all right, <laughs> fuck yeah. I actually birded a par five. I was pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't care about that stuff. See, those terms I don't care about. I just want to, I literally just want to hit balls with clubs. Yeah, but it's funny to me because I played with three guys that play a lot. No, no, no. And none of them burn. See, no, no, no. This is wrong. This is what I'm telling you right now, Greg. Uh, learn by my example. Uh, clearly, I have my stuff together. You're the married one who actually has kind of like a, you know, a life and, and things figured out. You're in a out. serious long-term <laughs> relationship. Don't, don't, don't put yourself down. I love it. Um... <laughs> Okay, cool, man. I like it. Um, so. What about you, James? Yeah, nothing really going on. Um, all right. No. So, Give me something more than that. And it better not be Mr. Robot. It's not going to be Mr. Robot. I actually have not had time to watch TV, you know, with the Olympics. Uh, work has been picking up lately, so I have not had much time to do darn near anything. Um, I made some unbelievable honey sriracha chicken the other day. Mm. Um, that I was really bit of a chef of. over here. I didn't re- realize. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to brag, but uh, Aisha Curry, get off my corner right now. Okay. Let's <laughs> say, could you beat Bobby Flay? I don't think I could beat Bobby Flay. Take take it on the show. No. We're doing think... honey sriracha chicken, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see what you got. <laughs> You're like, all right, fuck you, loser. You're like, you're like uh, yeah, I upped your honey sriracha chicken yeah. and uh, made it ten times better. Yeah. Uh, little quick tangent when my girlfriend and I were just starting to get into cooking uh, when we were in college we had this recipe where you basically put like um, barbecue ground beef with like onions and peppers kind of in it and whatnot Um, but you would use like biscuits and then you would kind of flatten out the biscuits and put them in or crescent rolls you'd flatten them out and kind of uh, flatten out the dough and put them into muffin tins and then scoop like you know, oh, okay, yeah. big scoopfuls of ground beef into them, and then bake them for a little while, and then throw cheese on top. Yeah. And I thought they were delicious, but I made them for my parents one time, and the electric stove that they were using was different from the gas stove that we were using at <laughs> home, so they were not cooked all the way through. Yeah, electric so, gas cooks much quicker. And they were just so unappetizing, and I was calling them beefcakes. <laughs> so literally for the next like four years, my parents refused to believe that I could cook at all. So every once in a while. You just can't be any checks in the yeah. mail. This is for you to order food because... We want you to not start. Exactly. Like, literally, I'm a pretty good cook now. I do things like whip up honey sriracha chicken on a whim. 
And my parents are just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah there's a pizza place by you, right? Can you, can you order from there? You look a little thin, hon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, cool. That was a little tidbit into the life of the There you go. There Perfect. You go. A little peek behind just the curtain. keep going into it. Alrighty, um, let's get into it. I want to get a couple of the big ticket items out of the way so we can spend uh, a good chunk of time talking about the Olympics. So order number one on the list? A-Rod Ooh. is uh, A-Rod's playing his last game on Friday. Now, playing his last game is probably... It's a <laughs> loose quotes, term. Because uh, he's announcing his retirement, sort of. Kind of, yeah. There's a lot of people that think he's not gonna retire technically so the yankees are i guess technically cutting him yeah they're releasing him releasing uh him. it's a weird thing um and he, he what is he gonna he's gonna be like a special advisor, advisor to the he's not even starting like after friday so this is the, this is the funny thing about all this yeah, to me it's so weird it's weird i mean i never thought i was gonna see alex rodriguez retire on a random friday afternoon like game or night game like in the middle of august it's just like an odd ending to, you know, a pretty good career. Like, everybody hates A-Rod, but there's that part of you that's just like every other great player that you may have hated. You kind of respect him to an extent. Yeah. This is the best PR move that A-Rod could have possibly done because this kind of forces people to start writing think pieces about how great he was. Yeah, and I mean, he was. He was a fantastic player, and I know people are going to be like, he took steroids, he did all this, but guess what? You know how many guys have taken steroids and PDs and all this stuff? None of them have ever come to the level that he has. You can throw Bonds in there because, you know, we all have the suspicion, but it's never technically been proven, even though it's basically been proven. But, like, think of all these guys that get caught, all these other guys that haven't gotten caught, but none of them have ever become this great. And for the most part, you have to assume he wasn't on PDs for at least half his career. Yeah, I mean, with those Seattle years, I think that you could pretty definitively call non-PEDs. Yeah. I think that he's admitted it actively to as soon as he got the richest contract in baseball with the Texas Rangers, he started using. I don't know, it's weird. He's He's been in the league for 22 years, which is crazy when you really think about it. 22 years of Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Four home runs shy of 700. One of the greatest players of all time, pretty clearly. It was one of the single weirdest career trajectories of all time oh yeah definitely I think you're not going to see anything like this anytime soon i mean it, it was he was an incandescent talent that you know had so much weird adversity and there were so many uh you know pun intended curveballs yeah throughout i mean the career the yankees handling of the whole situation too has i think been awful yeah, they, they they so very clearly don't want him around, and that's been this it's been the way for the last two years. And instead of just outright cutting him, they just drag this whole process out. I don't even get why they're doing that. It's literally it's August. You have two months of a season left. You're not making the like playoffs. If the end game was was cutting him. Like clearly, the end game was cutting him. Like do that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, do it do it at the All Star break. Do it somewhere that like, you know, if he wanted to, he could easily pick up with another team potentially. Yeah. Even if it's just for ticket sales because like at the press conference, I don't know if you did you see the press conference? No. So I watched it live and it was actually really sad to me because like he was getting you could see he was emotionally upset. He didn't he was trying to be as like, you know, politically like opinionated as he could be like and take care of things and not make it sound like it was the Yankees put pressuring him out right and all of this stuff like he did a really good job with it but it was just sad to see because it's like somebody said to him hey like how do you feel like basically being four home runs shy of 700 and he was like you know it would have been great 
It would have been fun, I think, for the fans to watch. I think it would have been great for the young guys to kind of witness that history. And like that chase, he goes, I would have had fun going after it. He's like, but I guess it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. Like, I mean, half the it, ticket sales this year have been just to see A-Rod probably at Yankee Stadium. Leave it Stadium. to the Yankees to see, like, hey, middle of August or beginning of August. There's nothing going on in baseball. Let's capture some headlines. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, what's even better is Joe Girardi coming out being like, listen, I will do whatever Alex wants me to do. I will play him this whole week if he wants me to. And then, boom, yesterday at the press conference where the game's at Fenway, he goes, yeah, Alex isn't starting the next two games. Crazy. He'll start Thursday. And then oh. he said it was because his heartstrings got tugged out on Sunday that he made those comments. But, you know, they're still in a playoff hunt. Well, if you were in a playoff hunt, you wouldn't have traded Andrew Miller, Araldus Chapman, Carlos Beltran, guys that could contribute to a winning team. I know. They're just so... They're like, they're just, trying to make it seem like they're still in it. They're not still in it. it and like the Yankees just cannot swallow their pride and just admit that, you no. know, they're just... They're, they're Horrible people season. and just can't let a guy... They're letting Teixeira stay until the end of the season. He's retiring. Hey, not to get political, but uh, there's another political, uh, there's another entity from New York out there that can't admit when they're wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not from New York. Talking about Donald Trump. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said not to get political. <laughs> oh, all right. I didn't think, I'm like, wait, whoa. What it's did early, I say? It's early, folks. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain here. A little view. It's always early. Sometimes, sometimes things don't click as well. Yeah, I did not get any sleep last night. It's early. I was, wa- I was up watching the Olympics. I was yeah, up watching I was America. Watching so if I am wrong or off a little bit today, it's because of America. There you go. That's your excuse for this week. That's the excuse. Hey, that can make this La- no second. Last week you were blind. This week you were watching America. Yeah. James's excuse. James' yeah. excuse of the week is going to be fantastic. I'll make that into a segment. You could. But yeah, no, it's driving me nuts. Teixeira's allowed to stay. He's been shitty all year. Yeah, we won't even, I don't even know. All right, what, what is going to be, let's, before we get into Teixeira, what is your, like, what's going to be your lasting memory of A-Rod? What's a moment that sticks out for you? <sighs> moment that's, I mean, the moment that's going to stick out for me as a Red Sox fan is always going to be the Veritech fight. That's classic. I mean, that's like the thing we were known for. That was one of the last true times that that rivalry was like truly heated and angry. Yeah. And I just loved it. And the fact that it was A-Rod in the middle of it and, you know, with all of the – how close he was to being a Red Sox. I mean, think about it. If it wasn't for the – I think it was the players' union not saying yes to the trade, A-Rod would be on the Red Sox right now technically. Yeah, it's And true. that's – who knows what would have happened if that occurred. He would probably be over uh, 700 home runs by now because of the Green Monster. He I guess that's true. He him over. Um, but, yeah. like, that's my last impression. I mean – Watch the guy. I mean, he came into the league when I was like four, true, four or five years old, true, true. So I've seen most of his career and kind of remember a lot of it because he was always that top all star. I remember the cover of him with Nomar Jeter and himself on the Sports Illustrated like magazine, being yep. like the next generation of shortstops and like the next big three. So I mean, it's like stuff like that. He was always an icon and always a polarizing figure. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'll probably remember just the mirror kiss picture. That's a good one. That's a good one. That just kind of personifies it. Like he's definitely, he definitely looks athletic, but he's just weird. So. Yeah, I heard one of the jokes was that the reason they're releasing him is the janitor keeps complaining that he keeps having to clean off the lipstick from A Rod's mirror. Mm, purple, purple lipstick, right? Yeah, just like massive purple just lips all over the place. It's weird. Um, cool, man. R.I.P. A Rod. Uh, <laughs> Let's, until uh, until on. he gets signed with the Marlins for yeah. ticket sales. That's also going to be one of my new recurring things is whenever somebody retires, just, okay, RIP. <laughs> um, all right. What else are we going to talk about today? We want to uh, talk about... Big news. Oh, 
in yes. baseball outside so, of A-Rod. Yeah, one, one incandescent talent goes out. One incandescent talent comes in. Tim Tebow is going to be a major league baseball player, maybe. This is, it's like concerning. <laughs> the fact that, you know, all you heard the past five years, I want to be a quarterback in the NFL. I don't want to play anything else. I don't even want to go to Canada to be a quarterback. Now it's like, hey, you know what? My lifelong dream, baseball player. Yeah. That's true. Uh, definitely not in Canada, no. except for the, you know, the one team that is in Canada. But Tim this Tebow. This is weird. Tim Tebow hasn't played uh, competitive baseball since 2005 uh, when he was in high school. So hey, he was an all that. He was an all county, my friend. He's an all, all county, county, baby. Maybe all state. <laughs> Uh, t- big Tim Tebow mm. raking in the runs. Yeah, hey, whenever you, whenever you can break something down by county, you know it's a good. Sign. Oh, you know it's fantastic. Uh, what do you think about Tim Timmy T trying out for for the old baseball, Greg? It's just, this is your sport. It this is, is my sport. sport. He's encroaching on, and I, I think he's I think he's bringing a shit. I think he's bringing attention to it, which is one great for the sport, and that's like the only reason I like it. But it's outside, a that's a horrible take. It is a horrible take, <laughs> but I hate it at the same time because. Dude, Tim, come on. Like, just give up. You're working. He's still working at ESPN while he's doing this. He's yeah. like, I'm going to try out for the MLB, but I'm not going to give up my ESPN job yet. Just, like, the, just the idea that someone thinks who has not played competitive baseball um, since since high school thinks that he can just kind of walk on and hit major league curveballs. Dude, what's even better is Gary Sheffield came out being like, yeah, he's got it. Whatever that is, he's got it. Yeah, that's 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 the thing that Tebow will, like Tebow defenders will will say with until their dying breath. Tebow has just got it, man. He's yeah. just got that competitive fire. He's got what it takes to win. Tebow's a winner, which is a bummer because he you know he hasn't won in a while. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I I like Tebow. Go do it. Go do your thing, man. The guy's built like a freaking like. Did I don't you, even know. Did you He's see the video of him taking swings? I did. And if people were like, uh, stance too wide and everything, I'm not going to lie. All I thought was Albert Pujols. He's got, he's got a nice swing. With the wide stance and everything. Oh, wait, the guy's jacked. Of course he didn't have a nice he's swing. He's got a nice swing. He's got a piece of wood in his hand that probably feels like a feather to him. Those are, he's got a nice swing and big muscles. I'm so not going to lie. I kind of want a team to give him a chance just because. What's so funny is that you know radio personalities will always, like, radio personalities will sit there and spend their entire uh like their like their entire segments of their show talking about which Olympic sports they could play yeah. as like these you know fat balding you know middle aged white guys yeah whereas, handball whereas all of a sudden yeah exactly we could play handball everyone's like oh we could play handball uh, when he says that's some of the greatest athletes in the world but all of a sudden one of the greatest athletes in the world says that he wants to try another sport and everyone's up in arms being like no he can't are you kidding me yeah. the sanctity of baseball. What? And it's like, okay, asshole. Well, you just said that you could do Olympic archery, so fuck yourself. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, because Olympic archery is so easy. I did that at camp. Yeah, exactly. Summer camp back when I was in fifth grade. Oh, which Olympic sport could I play? Oh, these are some of the greatest athletes in the world who have trained their entire lives to achieve their lifelong dream. But Tim Tebow can't play baseball? Are you kidding me? Do you watch, like, English sports shows? <laughs> That's so- it. <laughs> It just, like, bothers me, man. Like, everyone on ESPN, like, you see, like, fucking Mike Golick who's sitting there who's, like, you know, hasn't done anything competitive his entire life, basically being, like... Oh, he, he played defensive line for the Eagles in the NFL. Yeah, like, 40 years ago. He's still it. something competitive. Okay, fine. He's done something competitive. And he played at the great Notre Dame. 
I, so. uh, yeah, fine. The great Notre Dame. But then I, I just like hate when those pundits will then like pop up and be like, oh, you know, I could do, I could do fencing. Yeah, but that's all just also to get people to like tweet in and be like, ah, fuck you. I guess. I mean, Linda, Linda we, Cohen yesterday said T- Tim Tebow's MLB thing is literally just a tryout for, you know, a reality show. It has it written all over it. Yeah, I mean, I would watch that reality show. I mean, who wouldn't? Tim Tebow's, Tim Tebow's on a Fox like summer show just because he's Tim Tebow. Yeah, well, like he's just one of these guys that it doesn't matter what he's doing, people are gonna watch him. I say good luck to Tim Tebow. I think that uh, I think that would be a fantastic story if a minor league baseball team hey, picked him up. I have a quick question. Yeah, this uh, this or that type. Okay. What happens first? Tim Tebow makes the MLB or loses his virginity? Oh, hey, that's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. It's tough 29, to say. and he says he hasn't lost it, which I find hard to believe. It's tough to say, man, because, you know, I, he's kind of right at the age when most people are getting married anyway. Like, yeah. he's, like, right in the wheelhouse. Um, I think that if he's focused on making the minor leagues, though, he's one of the guys that's like, no time for women, minor leagues. Yeah, he's J.J. Watt. Of, he's the J.J. Watt of not as good athletes. No, see, the problem is, the problem is, I think that J.J. Watt try tries really hard for social media purposes for hashtag branding purposes um and i think that tim tebow just tries hard because he just doesn't know anything else because jesus christ is his savior yes exactly like jj watt tries hard you know super hard to make sure that you know espn tweets about him whereas tim tebow just works for espn tim tebow works for espn sure but he just tries so hard because like there is something inside tim tebow that says you will be you will be athletic greatness yeah like i feel like at six years old tim tebow if he hasn't made any professional sports he's gonna be like i'm going out for the senior tour pga yeah Uh, it's gonna happen exactly because there's no because he he's got this insatiable need to be like you know a good at athletic something or other. I had, the, I had this one I felt was a funny, funny tweet of mine. Oh, uh, hey, with the Tebow thing. Pat yourself on the back. I yeah, like a little it. pat myself on the back. Well, I put up a picture of Tebow just like standing with a golf club. And I was like Tim Tebow quoted saying, "If I can't make the MLB, I will become a golf mannequin." <laughs> Hashtag anything to feel like I'm a professional. Yeah. Greg just basically was like, "Enough about me. Let's yeah. talk about what you think of me." <laughs> Who cares um, about Tebow? Let's just talk about me. So, uh, to answer your my question, life. minor league baseball team, I think they're going to pick him up. I, went to I mean, he's already league... got a few offers, I think, from, like, not, like, true minor league teams, yeah, but, like... Yeah, but I went to a minor league baseball team uh, game um, in Myrtle Beach. The, uh, shout out to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Um, Jason Hayward, I actually saw him play one year. Nice. Um, when he was coming up. Jared Saltalamaki, I saw him play yeah. one year. Um, I'd won by to, me. I went to the minor league. I went to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, and if someone hit a home run in the sixth inning, we all got free Arby's. And That's guess what sweet. happened? We got free Arby's. That's pretty sweet. So I think that you know, Tim Tebow fits right in. Like if Tim Tebow gets a hit right now, we all get free tickets to to Jesus Camp. You know what I mean? Like there you go. Uh, we get a little. Cool. Bit, we get a big shout shout out of amen, like coming through the speakers of the you know stadium. Yeah, I love it. They can have fun with it, you know. They can um, play Jesus Christ Superstar every time he hits a home run. <laughs> there we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> have, have have somebody with the flag of the team run out that's dressed like Jesus. <laughs> just really make it all. Just go all out. Um, before we get into Olympics, I just want to touch on Jim Furyk, um, Papa Furyk, America's, America's stepdad. Shot a 58. A 58. That's just insane. Uh, what, I, I mean, almost what, hit that, double that, 
for my uh, round on Saturday. I don't even know what what he shot a tr- it was. What was it? The, it was the, the, Travelers, the Champion- Travelers Championship. Travelers Championship. He shot a twenty-seven on the front nine. He had seven birdies, one eagle, and two pars on the front nine. That is the lowest uh, tied, I guess. No, no, not even fifty-eight. The record. The lowest score. Yeah. In any PGA Tour history, it's he he had, he had tied the record for lowest round ever. Like in 2013, he shot a 59. He's the only guy to ever shoot two sub 60s in hit, the PGA history. He hit 100 percent of his greens in regulation. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> to put it in perspective, he was going for 57 on 18. That's like un- he was inches away from getting a 57. And not only that. He only birdied one out of the last six holes. He parred five of the last six, which is nuts. A couple fun statistics for you um, from PGATour.com about the 58. Uh, This is his 207th bogey-free round, uh, which is the most on tour since 1994. That's just a sheer um, quality of him being old. Yeah. Uh, Furyk's front nine 27 was the lowest nine-hole score of the PGA tour, of his PGA Tour career and second lowest in tour history. Like you said, he, bur- he birdied six through 12. Uh, that's the longest streak of his career. Um, entering this week, Furyk averaged 33 feet, nine inches from the hole in his approach shots. Uh, this Sunday, he, uh, his approach shots were an average of 20 feet, 21 feet, six inches, and the field averaged 36 inches. So he was better than 12 feet closer on his approach shots than anyone else in the field. That was nuts. Um, I mean, you can just, there's all these sort of advanced statistics on PGA right now that are unbelievable. Uh, But he was just, that was an unreal round. What's even crazier to me, besides Jim Furyk uh, shooting a 58, is he lost. Yeah, no, he wasn't even he wasn't even close. He, he was a, he was one over to start the round going into Sunday, and the leaders were at like 11, 12 under, which is where he finished. So basically, all he did for himself was get himself a much bigger check than he was supposed to. But I mean, good for him because I don't even know like who won the Travelers Championship. I don't care to know because yeah. they didn't shoot a fifty eight. But it I th- it was funny. I was hanging out with a few people when we heard that news, and they were like, him doing that and be not winning is basically like me having the worst round of my life, but shooting a hole in one. Yeah. Like, it was horrible. It didn't really mean anything, but hey, it still happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay, so Furyk, congratulations to Furyk, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing before the Olympics we got to touch on is the disaster that was the Hall of Fame uh, preseason oh, football right, game. All right, right, right. We can touch on that a little bit. Just so, because it was just terrible. The NFL does preseason games all the way uh, the, they, they start off their preseason games with the Hall of Fame game. So people get inducted to the Hall of Fame. This year was Brett Favre uh, and a few others. I actually don't remember who else. Um, and then they play a game in Canton, Ohio. Uh, preseason game this year was supposed to be the Indianapolis Colts versus the Packers. Packers. It was going to be a huge because you had Marvin Harrison, Tony Dungy, and Brett Favre going in. So right. huge fan base from each side coming. Just for this. You also had Kevin Green, Orlando Pace, Eddie DiBartolo, yeah, Kenny nobody, nobody Stabler, cares about those guys. Dick Stanfield. Okay. <laughs> Very good. I'm just saying, fan-wise, though, it was Packers, Colts fans, like, out the ass coming to watch this Hall of Fame ceremony on Saturday night and then watch some preseason football yep. with their hour, now future teams of with Rodgers and Luck. And then an hour before the game, it was announced that the field crew used the incorrect paint 
on the field. That when they dried it, it became like cement. Yeah, basically, like yeah. they couldn't even puncture it with a cleat. No, it was awful. Um, so they canceled that. So and turned it into a fan fest. Is basically what I heard them say. My question is, Greg, and you know, call me crazy, but why have that kind of paint anywhere near the field paint? Uh, well, what I heard was it was basically it was going to be fine if it was used normally. They air dried it because they put it on too late in the day for some dumb reason. Gotcha. And so heating it caused it caused it to like get hard and stick together with like the rubber pellets and the turf, and that's what caused the issue. Which I'm like, why wasn't the field ready like yesterday? Like Canton, Ohio. It's a turf field or has some turf on it. This this place has one professional football game to take care of. Yeah. It's a preseason professional football game. Just, just it's one, not even that hard. They have one job. They have one job to do. And, and they blew it, you know? So I think that's... Uh, I don't want to get too drastic here. I think that the Hall of Fame should be stripped of Canton. I think Roger Goodell should be fired. I think Roger Goodell should be fired. This Canton rests solely on him. The Hall of Fame stripped, uh, taken from them. Uh, where should we put the new Hall of Fame, Greg? Uh, I think we should put it in... I mean, most, most Patriot fans would probably say just put it next to Foxborough. We already have a great spot. Patriot Place. Yeah. That's where most of the Super Bowls go. I don't. Anyway. I don't. I don't really. I, I don't like that. I have to say that, but I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's where you got to put it. <laughs> it's just easier for all of us, man, because the majority of the Hall of Famers are gonna be Patriots the next few years anyway. Let's just yeah. park it so, right I in mean, Patriot Place, baby. Let's just do that for your sake. You know, it makes it easier for us to cover the you know things. Maybe get some press passes. We already have a Patriots Hall of Fame right there. We can just kind of annex that. Yeah, we're huge media pundits, so next oh, year we'll we'll get our press passes for it if it's in uh, Massachusetts. I think that we should apply for a press pass to go to, like the Super Bowl or something like that. Like, what are they gonna do? Say I, no. Yeah, I got a sports stance. Yeah, we, we got to figure out exactly how to We've apply got for that. Episodes. Yeah. Boom. No, I think we got more. Really? Yeah, I think like the requirements twelve. No way. But we got like this is like fourteen or fifteen. Oh, we're in, man. Yeah, I, I think like I, we got a we got connections. If anything, you know, uh, my friend Tom. I don't know if you heard of him, uh, Tom Brady. Oh, Tommy B. Yeah, I don't like him, but he'll hook us up. <laughs> you bite your tongue, you sick son of a bitch. Um, cool. All right, Sorry. I've got nothing else I, I to say. Stand about... up, I'm gonna stand up a little bit for the non-patriot fans. I got nothing else to say about the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. I don't care about it. Just Swing. remember, fire Goodell. Take the Hall of Fame out of Canton. Yep, we're putting it in Gillette. Foxborough, Massachusetts, baby. There you go. Um, all right. All day. Let's get into it. Greg, what do we got time-wise? Uh, we got plenty of time. We got a half hour or so to talk about the Olympics if we want. Awesome. Okay. Um, and we can pepper in SBC at the end. And pepper. Yeah, and pepper. And pepper. But that's going to be in during the Olympic thing, so. Sure. All right, let's start from the very beginning. Let's go to Rio, baby. Uh, oh, I was going to start in Athens. <laughs> no, um, timeline of the Olympics. Let's get into it, man. Opening ceremonies was last Friday night. Um, tape delayed here in the United States so NBC could pack it full of as many commercials as they possibly could. Yeah, because you know, huge time difference between us and Rio of uh, an hour. Greg, what were your overall thoughts on the opening ceremonies of the Olympics? Uh, well, I'm not going to lie. I didn't get to see the beginning part because I was traveling down to New Jersey. But I got to see, you know, uh, the guy from Tonga come in with uh, the oiled up body, <laughs> which apparently that's all I needed to see because that was the highlight. Uh, but, you know, I didn't get to see the beginning. I heard a lot of people were like, you know, this is nothing compared to Beijing, which I don't think anything will be. That was just a phenomenal opening ceremony. Yeah, that's a thing, man. So people will always compare the opening ceremony from now until like probably like 20 or so years from now. Until 2020, Beijing. maybe Tokyo. Tokyo probably could do it. 
Tokyo would be pretty good. I think, like that Rio was, but I think that Rio was very good. That's the problem. Um, it's just, it was not Beijing. Yeah, I saw the, the highlights of the beginning. Rio was not a totalitarian government with complete control of all of its population. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, what happens... Communism uh, does that to you, man. Does it? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember seeing guys at Soki being taken out of, like, the beginning of the open ceremonies because they messed up. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I think that we need, we need to put in a rule no longer can compare it to Beijing. Beijing was nuts. Beijing was yeah. off the chain. Compare it to, uh, like, Salt Lake City. Yeah, exactly. Like, keep it, keep it more average. Um, I did see uh, that, you know, uh, Brazil and Rio basically try to take credit for having the first flight. So I thought yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I saw that too. They they had like some weird mustachioed guy on like this uh, interesting like. Basically, they put the Wright brothers on a plane and said, "Hey, look, we did it, not yeah. them." <laughs> yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird move by Brazil. Yeah, um, Brazil, you didn't invent flight. No, nice try. I appreciate it, but you didn't invent flight. No, sorry, so. that, that was us. Yeah, we again move. we take the gold on that. That's kind of like America, like having like the opening ceremonies here and basically being like, and this is a segment of the show where Americans show that they actually invented the English language. Yeah. Like, no. Uh, we discovered this land. There was nobody here before us. We yeah, promise. Exactly. Don't pay uh, attention to the guy crying a tear over there. Outside of that, I thought it was a really cool opening ceremony, man. They went through the uh, kind of history of Brazil. They brought in a lot of nature. Uh, we kind of talk about that a little bit. They brought in a ton of nature about the uh, nature-focused things, environmental yeah. things about the rainforest, about global warming. They weren't, yeah, they weren't afraid to touch on the negative side. They had some really cool parkour-style stuff on on uh, kind of a, a uh, makeshift shanty construction. Town? Yeah, favelas. I think it was supposed to be like a shanty type. Favelas. They're yeah, called favelas. Uh, I don't know. One of the things I was watching with one of my friends, and uh, so the opening, uh, the opening videos or whatever, I I set I set the over under for the amount of um, shots of the Christ the Redeemer statue at four, because I thought that they would just kind of do it like four times and then just like show the Olympics the rest of the time. And boy was I wrong! In the first fifteen minutes of the opening ceremonies, there was twelve shots of the Christ the Redeemer statue, uh, and they weren't even close to done. That's like the star of the whole thing. I'm actually surprised the Olympic torch wasn't put on that. Yeah. Like, just like floating above That's it. like what they got, huh? That's like it? Yeah. By the way, the Olympic torch? Eh. Unimpressive. It was super... Did you see how they lit it? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, let's have this guy just stick it in the fire, and there you go. And then they had the thing spinning behind it, which was trippy. Yeah. I thought no. that was kind of cool and trippy. I figured that was going to go the whole I, Olympics. It, it's not. I feel like we've reached the pinnacle of... Uh, I feel like we've reached the pinnacle of torch lighting when they did that archery thing. Yeah, like just do that every year. Okay, yeah, that's I said that while I was watching. I was like, this is nothing like the archery uh, yeah. flame lighting. I was like, come on, uh, do think, something. What'd you think of Giselle? She looked uh, great. Yeah, she looked fantastic. Uh, it was kind of a. It was. I understand how great it was because she's like huge in Brazil. Yeah. Same time, it was a little weird having she's, her walk that far. That was just like a whole segment. Like that was just like a ten minute. Let just me like, just we're watch. Gonna, we're gonna play some music and and watch and have our sexiest like little chip, old shake, catwalk. Shake yeah, the whole thing. Here's a little catwalk. You just like you that just was do weird. It. Like what what would we do that with? I was with my girlfriend. She said that we would do that with Beyonce. We would have, we would put Beyonce up and do that. 
But I'd be like, yo, if she was wearing the thing that she was wearing in the Crazy in Love music video, those red heels with the shorts, <laughs> I would be kind of okay with it. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I feel like she wouldn't just do a straight walk the whole time. No, she'd be doing She'd have to break out, shit. like, the Sasha Fierce persona yeah. and, like, do some weird, like, Beyonce can't go moves. move, like, five minutes without striking a pose or Actually, ass, so. if she did it, we'd have to require her to just do the single ladies walk the whole time. That'd be hilarious. And that's it. Um, okay, cool. Uh Parade of Nations took forever, as it always does. Just a lot of countries, Greg. Yeah, and also, I never get, understand the order that they go in. Yeah, they. so this year they did it in the order. They explained it on the broadcast, if you were listening, to, uh, if you're listening to Matt Lauer um, and Hoda, which, you know... Was it at the beginning God more ble- so? God bless you if you were listening to them. Yeah. Um, no, they were doing it the, throughout, the entire time, uh, throughout the entire March. Well, once I got to New Jersey, I was drinking, so I still wasn't paying that close attention to the voices. I think voices. Hoda is always drinking, that chick from uh, oh, yeah. Kathleen like, and Hoda. Yeah, Kathleen was probably in the background just like clinging glasses with her while she did yeah. the show. By the way, we looked up Matt Lauer's uh, net worth when we were watching this thing, too. Because it's a lot. It, he's like $12, $12 million a year just yeah. for what he's doing right there. I know. Like that $25 million, actually. It was, yeah, $25 it's million, a lot. it was $25 million a year that people are, that NBC is paying this Wouldn't guy. it be nice? Um, okay, so what what they did, though, was they, uh, they did it in the order uh, that the countries are pronounced in Portuguese. Oh, that makes sense. So Estados okay. Unidos was an E instead of U. You know what I mean? Oh, all right. That so makes that, sense. So that's what they did. And that's why it was in some weird order. Now I could tell people that were wondering about that why it happened. Um, Basically okay. my wife. <laughs> so opening ceremonies in the books. Uh, what do we want to talk about in terms of athletics? Uh, there's so much because the U.S. was just amazing. Yeah. So I think that there's a – right now – the Olympics is kind of broken up into two, or the Summer Olympics at least, in my mind, is broken up into two main sections. There's the swimming section. So like the first week of the Summer Olympics is all the swimming events. And you have the other stuff around it as well. Like you have your cycling, yeah. you have your like your beach volleyball. Fencing, all that uh, stuff. Basketball's going on right now. And that kind of goes on throughout the entire thing. But then you have your running events. So you have your swimming and then you have your track and field. Uh, and those are the main kind of, um, you know, those are the main draws for each of the Summer Olympics. So right now we're kind of smack dab in the swimming section of the Olympics. So I guess let's touch on that first. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday morning, Michael Phelps is the proud owner of his 20th and 21st gold medals. Uh, in pretty great fashion. It was unbelievable, man. I mean, this guy, I, I just, I'm, we're running out of things to say about Michael Phelps. I mean, I know that we haven't had this podcast for four years. Um, but you know, everybody else has said already what we would say. Yeah, like, what else do you say about this guy? He's the greatest swimmer of all time. He retires, he comes back, he dominates, he leaves, he comes back, he dominates. Uh, he, he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. The he's, cupping looks like an awesome tattoo thing on him, by the way. It looks gross, man. You like that? Yeah, it just looks like he's like a merman. That looks gross, dude. It looks like, it, it looks, he looks sickly with Have you ever things. seen the video of how they do that? No, not it's really. It's really gross. Like, I'd really rather not. So, like, they heat up the spot, and then they put these cup things on. And I didn't. I thought the cup things just like raised your skin and pulled your skin up. Yeah. Like blood comes out of your skin and like uh, fills in the cup. It's. I was like, that's disgusting. It. It looks like it, dude. It looks like he's. He, he's bruised all over. He's so. Yeah. It takes like two weeks to disappear. Apparently. It, it, I don't know, man. He looks sickly. And according like to it. Russia, it's doping. Really. Yeah. They came out being like, uh, "This is as illegal as us doping is," and and like everybody with like involved in the Olympics came out being like. Yeah, no, it's actually perfectly legal. It's just a massage-like technique. Um, 
has nothing to do with needles and getting injected with uh, performance-enhancing yeah, right. drugs. So <laughs> yeah. it's not the same Russia. Shut up. People who are shooting heroin is just like, hey, that guy over there, that guy's drinking a beer. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so Michael Phelps, man, he's just unbelievable. Uh, a lot of really fun races. They had that guy from, uh, I think it was Australia, who was trying to get under his skin. Did you see that? Yeah, and then that, that moment gave us the greatest thing ever, the Phelps face. The Phelps face. Yeah, that's going to become kind of quite the uh, internet name. That's going to be the new Jordan crying phase. You're going to have at least a, a good combination of both. Um, that was hilarious. The guy would not stop staring him down. Even right before the race, did you see? He literally yeah. was just like, they're like, he's getting undressed and like staring over at Phelps. Like, Phelps is looking straight ahead and the guy's just staring him down. But also like, bro, why don't you just relax, okay? I mean, this is the semifinals. Like, yeah. wait, at least wait until the middle race. Yeah, it wasn't even like the finals, which then Phelps, he, he didn't even come in second. He came in third, Phelps dominated, and won by a few tenths of a second, which in swimming is actually pretty good. significant. Um, we like Michael Phelps. He won in the relay. The United States won gold in the relay. Easily. Uh, and then he won uh, two races last night. The United States, actually, before we get into the rest of it, uh, has the most medals right now at 26, and the most gold and the most silver. Uh, nine gold medals and eight silver medals. Yeah, they're just dominating. You have Ledecky for the girls' side, who is 19. Who won again last night? Her another her second gold, third well, medal of the she's series. Almost as impressive as Phelps. Yeah, and I mean she's and she's nineteen. Yeah, she's nineteen. So the only thing you got to be careful with is having her as like the next great female swimmer because you know people did that with Missy Franklin in two thousand twelve, and we've seen what happens. Well, yeah, but I think this is a different story because she's already won gold at fifteen, and now at nineteen. Oh, did she? Yeah, she won uh, gold that. in London. Um, but now she's starting to really kind of get into her prime here. Um, so this year she's going to win a bunch of golds. She's already won two golds and a silver. I think she has a chance for one more medal, I think is what she's competing in. Exactly. And then uh, and then next year, uh, next time around in Tokyo, she'll probably be yeah. kind of like, it'll be like her Phelps Beijing. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a girl that's swimming, though, from um, Hungary, Hosa or something like that, who's really impressive. She's won three individual gold medals for swimming already. And she's going for a fourth, and I think if she gets her fourth, it'll tie the most ever for a female in the Olympics individually. That's pretty cool. And she's done it in dominating fashion. Um, I also liked Lily King. Lily King was the uh, United States uh, swimmer who uh, was the one who was talking all that shit to Russia. And backed it up. Yeah, and backed it up by winning the gold. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I like think it's even better that the girl from Russia that she was talking shit about got second. So she could just like kind of stare it down and be like, yeah. This is what happens when you do it clean. Exactly. And she's doing the finger wave. She's doing great waves. She's doing the Kemi Matumbo. Um, it's pretty great. Love that, man. I love when people talk shit and they, uh, back, it up, and they yeah. back it up. Oh, wait. Actually, while we were, while we were talking, the United States just won another gold. And what? Um, I don't know. We're up to 10 gold medals now. Sweet. I'm sure CNN will tell me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what they just won gold in. Yeah, they'll, they'll alert me. It's cool. Okay. This is what happens when you do podcasting in the morning. You get random updates. I guess, man. And, and more to, bronze, too. Yeah. We must have crushed whatever uh, whatever event it was. Sweet. Okay, um, so swimming is still going on, though. We've still got a couple more days of it. Ledecky is going to continue going. We're going to touch more days on the rest of, of Phelps. A few more days of Phelps. This is realistically the last one for Phelps, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got the prototypical swimmer's body, but it's more so the whole can he keep recovering. Right. Um, so that's, that's pretty unbelievable. Um, a couple other uh, Olympic uh, medal winners. You have Connor Dwyer, uh, who's got a gold and a bronze right now. Um, 
at least in terms of swimming, um, you've got Ryan Helds, uh, Tony Haas, um, let me see here, Caleb Dressel. There's quite a few people in swimming, specifically the United States. Yeah. Um, the first gold medal that was won in the Olympics, which I love this little tidbit. It's a nice little uh, anecdote. The very first gold medal won by the United States was won by a woman named Virginia Thrasher for air rifle shooting. I just love that. Yeah. I love that the first medal. America and guns. Yeah. Virginia, her first, name's, her first name is, is the state where our nation's capital is located. Her last name was Thrasher. Which I love. She won and, for and shooting. She won for shooting. Yeah. Which is just so wonderful. It's just so America. Uh, it's so America. Okay, cool. Anything else in the swimming, Greg, you want to talk about? Uh, the only other thing that I thought was kind of cool was the refugee swimmer that like is on the Olympics team that ended up winning her heat. Uh, I thought it was pretty great. Just like a little tidbit story for her. Uh, Yuzra Mardini is her name. Cool. So she actually, like, the big story with her was she actually. Spent three hours at one point saving 20 lives from a boat that was sinking. Jeez. So she kept going into shore, out to shore, like saving people, which is impressive. And then she does the Olympics, and I think she's pretty young. And just the fact that she was able to do, like, even when just a heat in the Olympics is huge. These are kind of these are the kind of stories that Olympics that the Olympics kind of comes yeah, it's out the with. Feel good stuff that ends up like being really great because like. You'll go to, like, you know, professional basketball, let's say, and it's like, oh, Kevin Durant is facing so much adversity because yeah. he got a Tupac tattoo on his leg, and everyone doesn't really like him as much anymore. And, and then, then this then refugee he... was like, okay, well, I just saved, you know, yeah. 20 people from a boat, you know, sinking. Yeah, when um, watching the opening ceremonies yeah. when that refugee team got introduced, my sister-in-law was like, why, why are they refugees? Like, what's that? So we were all kind of, I was like, I had a general idea of why they were refugee Olympic team. And I was like, I think it's like the countries that aren't, it's the countries that aren't recognized by like the IOC right. thing to compete. So yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like 10 people, but still pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Good for her. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is my favorite guy in the entire Olympics right now, Greg. And I is that Mr. Skyball? It's Mr. Skyball. I've sent you a couple of uh, videos of him. Um, so this guy's name is Adrian Carambula. Uh, he is the... He's an Italian beach volleyball player. He actually went to college uh, in Miami, um, so I can we can sort of actually kind of you know claim a little ownership of him. <laughs> um, but man, if you guys have not seen the Skyball, you have to check it out, man. Check it out um, on our Vine page. I made a nice little video of it. What this guy does is instead of serving like you know right normally when you're in beach volleyball or any volleyball in particular. Um, you kind of get like a little bit of a running start uh, as you get up to the court. You throw the ball directly in front of you, and then you kind of make a tomahawk motion down yeah. to kind of shoot the ball directly over. Prototypical uh, serve. Prototypical volleyball serve. If you ever watched a volleyball game uh, match? You know what we're talking match. about. It's a match. Match. Then um, you'll have an idea of what we're talking about. What, what Karambula does is he stands right on the edge of the, uh, right on the, edge of the court and... He sometimes doesn't even face the court. No, it was weird. And he, what he'll do is he'll flail directly up. He'll, he'll, he'll kind of um, throw the ball up a little bit, flail directly up. And it's called the sky ball because the ball goes 60 to 70 feet in the air and lands in the other side's court yeah, every single time. Yeah, it's just like the force time. somehow it's like, carries it. Like, 
I haven't even I've I've thought about trying this, but I've got neighbors, Craig. Like this is gonna like Yeah, I I would have to go to like the middle of an open park where there's nobody. It's unbelievable. Like if you watch this guy, you have no idea how this is landing. Every I feel like I would time. throw my shoulder out trying to do it. And the thing does and the thing too, it works. Yeah. It works a lot. Like they're they're doing very well. It's because you lose it in the sun. It's hard to see. That's the whole point of that. That's the trick. Um so it's really interesting, man. The announcers don't know what to do with it. They're just like huh. freaking out about they're it, which I love. Psychopaths serving. Um, exactly. And they're basically just being like, well, why doesn't everybody do this? And it's like, well, it's you know, very hard. it's very difficult. If you don't have the right touch, you know, that thing's going out over into the water. Yeah, maybe Tim Tebow could, you know, try and maybe become a professional beach volleyball player. <laughs> Tim Tebow's watching that right now, man. Like, I, can I could do that. I, I could, I could be a part of this. Um so I love that. Uh, I love Skyball. If you can, uh, if you can check out Skyball, um, I would definitely recommend yeah. checking it out because they're really cool. Um, all right. Besides Adrian Carambula, besides your uh, your Phelps and your Ledecky, we also had gymnastics. Yeah, the dominating women's team. I love this. Wasn't game. even close. Yeah, I love I love this this team. Yeah. Like, just great. I mean, like think about it this way: Gabby Douglas was the star of the 2012 games. She's just like a footnote right now with this team because of Simone Billis. Like, so what's it's crazy? What's really cool? Um, so you know how you know people always anecdotally will say things like um, about sports, like oh, if you brought somebody who knew nothing about this sport, or if you brought an alien down and had them watch like a basketball game, they'd be able to pick out LeBron James, yeah, as like the best player. Like if you don't know anything about it, you'll be able to pick out the best player usually. Um, and that's, a, that's not true for all sports, like baseball. If you watch a baseball game, you can't always pick out the best player. But it's true for most Olympic sports. So I don't know anything about gymnastics. No. Other than when Simone Biles gets up there and does something, it is like Must head watch. and shoulders above anyone else. Like no, um, like, you know, no uh, shade thrown to Gabby Douglas, Allie Raisman, Lori Hernandez. Um, Madison Kokian, Reagan Smith, um, you know, even people from the last Olympics like Michaela Maroney, um, you know, no shade thrown to any of them, but Simone Biles is superstar is better than anyone that I've ever seen. Best, best all around gymnast for the past like two or three years. I think it's unbelievable, man. I mean, and you know, she's built, she's jacked. She did some move last night on the beam. Where she just literally put her one foot down and spun herself like skaters do on ice. Yeah. She did it on a balance beam that's four inches wide and didn't miss a beat. And I was like, I would move like half an inch and I'd fall to the on my face and hit the ground and die. Yeah, exactly. Um, Except, I got to say, what I love about the gymnastics the most, not even watching them, watching Allie Raisman's parents. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure her mother has a minor stroke every time she does an event. It's pretty unbelievable, man. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really fun time to uh, watch the Olympics right now with uh, with the women's gymnastics. Even the men's gymnastics are doing very well. Except for that guy from France. Except for the guy from France. If you don't know what we're talking about, don't don't look it up. It's a pretty <laughs> gruesome leg injury. It's bad, man. It's so bad. Um, I couldn't look away, though. So I, you, you've got... Uh, uh, again, another thing with like the, uh, you know, I don't know anything about gymnastics, but when I got plopped in there, I, I saw who was the best. I, I really like this guy from um, from the United States name, Alex Nador. I think it's pronounced that way. Nador? Nader? We'll go with it. Something like that. 
Um, I was watching him on the um, pommel horse, which is just like unbelievable, this thing. Oh, yeah. And um, he was the man. Um, I think that he's like specifically like really good at pommel horse, so that might have been why. Yeah, they usually have their specialties. But, I mean, he was, like, like head and shoulders above everybody else. And it's unbelievable, man. I mean, there's those two little handles that are sticking out of it as well that you yeah. have to, like, their legs are just grazing it, but yeah, not even touching it's it. so nuts. I'm like, I don't get how gymnastics people have to be probably the most well-coordinated people in the world. Yeah, no doubt. Just because of what they have to do. Um, it's just nuts. So, yeah, um, props to the American gymnastics team. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Like, did you see uh, fencing? The guy, Alex Mar- Masialis, come back. He was down. So, in fencing, you had to go up to 15, I learned. Okay. So, like, each Olympics, I learned a little bit more. I, like, always kind of liked watching fencing because it just makes me think of classic sword duels. <laughs> yeah. It's basically course. what it is. But I never knew, like, how many points you could get up to, all that. So, I was watching it the other day on Saturday. Or, yeah, Saturday or Sunday. Whichever day it was on. And he was going... And he was going through the rounds. He made it to the quarterfinals against a guy from Italy. And so the guy from Italy and him were going back and forth. They have three periods of uh, a few minutes. And the goal is to get up to 15 within the three periods. If you don't, whoever has more, I think, wins. And he was down. He got down to 13-7. Now, he's the number one ranked fencer in the world, which I think is amazing that a guy from the U.S. is the number one fencer. In general, because you would right. think it'd be like Italy, France, one of those countries for some reason. It just seems like they'd be the swords people. And they were like, yeah, you know, he had a good run. He was our last hope to get a medal. He came back from 13-7 to score eight out of the final nine points. The guy got to 14 points when he was only at like nine. That's pretty impressive. So he had to literally get six straight points to win, and he, he got six straight points. And then he went on to the uh, gold medal match and got silver. That's sick, man. So uh, it was impressive. <laughs> Those kind of things are awesome. Um, very cool. I like it. Any other uh, Olympic game, uh, sports that you like to watch? Anything else? I mean, I just think they're all kind of fascinating. Handball just makes me think of my uh, gym high school stats, where I'm pretty sure I could get involved in that and dominate. No, I just I just made an yeah. massive okay. you know argument. What? Watch handball no one... and tell me you don't think you could do that. I don't think I could do that because they're probably amazing Olympic athletes. <sighs> they look like they're just like guys that go out for a beer afterwards. Um, but not like the Netherlands guy who got kicked out for having alcohol. Before we uh, wrap up Olympic talk, I want to go pepper. Um, you also want to touch on your favorite Patriot player, right? Oh, let's do that real quick before we go into that. Uh, Nate Ebner, uh, the Patriots defensive back slash special teams cap or guy slash rugby enforcer yeah he was a rugby player before he started playing for the patriots and he's playing for the u.s team uh in in rugby this year and uh there's an awesome awesome video of him just laying a guy out like, he laid the truck a, stick on that was a punt coverage move if i've ever seen one yeah i gotta feel like it's hard for someone like that because i think rugby has slightly different rules when it comes to, like tackling people I don't know, man. That 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 was brutal. That was like, just a straight up like sack attempt. <laughs> yeah, that that was like I, I I literally saw punt coverage flash before my eyes when I was watching that. It yeah, was I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy was concussed. I was oh, kind of waiting 100%. for him to go over and be like, guys, I know the protocol. I'm pretty sure he was dead, dude. Like, yeah, that was bad. Another another side note coming off that. I did think it was kind of cool that Belichick had everybody stop practice at five o'clock to watch that. Yeah. 
Like that was a, that was support your country. Cool move. Support all the coaches were wearing. All the coaches had his jersey on the rugby jersey like number. Love it. Thought that was pretty cool. Nice touch. Very cool. We like Nate Abner. Um, okay. All right. Let's so, pepper. Let's let's go to pepper. So, what we've uh, last week we did pepper for uh, Greg did gave to me um, NFL players and he wanted me to kind of give my quick hits on them. Um, instead of doing that, what I want to do for the Olympics is I'm going to give Greg a, you know, probably a little bit more obscure Olympic sport. Yeah, like five or six of them? Yeah, five or six of them. I'll give um, The ones that aren't necessarily, like, in the limelight, per I don't se. Know, I don't know the sports, by the way. Exactly. Just kind of like James didn't know the athletes I was giving him. Um, and I want to give, I want Greg to give me the professional athlete that he thinks would do the best. Like, the, what, the, the famous professional athlete. Yeah. That he thinks will do. Are they allowed the best. to be retired now? Sure. All right. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Um, okay, you ready, Greg? Yeah, I guess I'm ready. I feel like they're gonna be all NBA players because that's just like what's in my head right now. Okay. <laughs> Badminton. Bad. Oh, I got uh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Okay. Uh, I can see him diving, flying all over that court. He can jump a wall. He can jump up to get slam the <laughs> shuttlecock down. I like it. Cool. Um, canoe sprint. What? Canoeing. Sprinting. Canoe sprint. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar from the WWE. Okay. A lot of upper <laughs> just, body just strength? Just a lot of upper body strength. Okay. Cool. I like that one. Um, I have to think about some of these. It's really hard because you're like, who could do that? Handball. Oh, handball. I'm going LeBron James. Okay. That was an easy one. Yeah. He could just fly all over that court. Um, let's see here. Sailing. Tom Brady. Nice. <laughs> Fits in perfectly with that. That's just like, uh, hey, let's uh, let's go to Nantucket. Let's take the sailboat. I love that so much that you just said that. Uh, table tennis. Uh, it was really Ichiro Suzuki. Whoa, that felt racist. That felt so it was. racist. Was so bad. Oh <laughs> uh, man. That was so bad. It's so bad. Um, I think you're going to... Oh, my God. I think we're going to cut this. <laughs> but you got to be honest. It's basically all Asian people that do it, so you got to assume he actually has some expertise. Oh, oh wait. You know what? I know who I'll go with. Oh, no. This no. Is, Coco. Can't. I'm changing my answer. No. Because I actually just thought a guy that I know that's actually good at table tennis. Oh. Coco Crisp. Coco Crisp. And I only know this because my brother works for a sports company. Oh, my God. And I when I went to visit him one time at their facilities, Coco Chris was there, and he absolutely dominated table tennis. I cannot believe you. Um, <laughs> that was bad. Trampoline. Dwight Howard. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was the first name that popped in my this head. going off the rails so hard right now. Um, and the last one, water polo. Ooh, uh, water polo. I'm going to go Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger doesn't look like he can swim. Yeah, but he's got look the... Look at him. He's enormous. Yeah, but he's got the rocket arm to throw the ball on the net. I guess. And he's got, like, the girth to kind of fight Yeah, and he can kind of, like, fight guys off. That's kind of, like, what I was thinking. I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger... I think Ben Roethlisberger cannot do a swimming event, dude. All right, come like, on. Swim- the, the only bad one I had in there was, let's be honest, was the Dwight Howard trampoline. You, no, that's not the only No, that was one. that was the bad one. I can't believe that you just did that. Um, I love that, though. I loved every second of it. Very cool. <laughs> Who else is going to do table tennis? Um, okay. Cool. Novak Djokovic? <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. That was that was Pepper. We like Pepper. By the way, That's real quick. One. 
Novak Djokovic and Serena Williams, number one players in tennis, both out of the Olympics before dude, the like semifinals. Dude, I'm so off the Djokovic bandwagon. Like, I I was not a huge Djokovic guy anyway, but between you know Wimbledon and uh, this is like weird. Like the, Ser- the Serena sisters are out in doubles to like a no name team. Like, it's tennis has been the weirdest one out of all the sports. Can I tell you a quick anecdote? Um, Go for it. Anecdote. And we'll do a quick SBC to finish this up. Um, so when It'll I be was, a little long, but it's believe okay. It or, believe it or not, what time, oh, where are we at right now? We're at like 58 and a half minutes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It'll be quick. Yeah. Um, when I, I, believe it or not, I actually went to school for journalism, <laughs> if you can actually believe it. And you write no blogs for us? No blogs. Um, but I was in an invest, uh, I was in a sports reporting journalism class. And Seriously, the person you that, write no blogs for us. And the person that taught the class um, was an editor at ESPN, the magazine. Um, and she was great. And one of the people that they had um, come in to talk to us was TJ Quinn. Yeah, you know, the, TJ, the investigative journalist for yeah. like, Outside the Lines and all that kind of stuff. And I asked him, he was asking, we were asking him questions, and I said, what is the uh, most underreported sport with the most rampant steroid use? I wanted to know what no one, what was like their sport with the most steroid use that no one would expect? And without missing a beat, he said tennis. Yeah, I could see that. Tennis. Look at Sharapova. Look at all of them. Just yeah. like people like that. That's such an, uh, an intensive game. So Djokovic, I don't want to point any fingers, but uh, what's going on, bud? Uh, hey, Federer, you should have like now, digressed like how years ago. He is, he, he, Federer is a saint. <laughs> By the way, on that sailing team, I think it could be Brady and his co-captain be, could be Federer. I would love that. That just would be like the perfect team. Hair everywhere yeah. would be unbelievable. Just um, be the best looking sailing team Yeah, going out there. <laughs> I, I think I might fall asleep tonight just thinking about that. Um, you, you do that. Okay, uh, last time. By the way, <laughs> you took a sports journalist class. You've written one blog. Pick up your game, James. It was a good blog. Content. We need content. People can't just listen to us. They want to read about us. Um, all right, let's get into st- SBC. Our SBC for this week, we, uh, in honor of the NFL preseason, our start bench cut is preseasons. Okay. <laughs> I, I, figured, I thought you were going to go a little more into that. Yeah, so, you know, NFL preseason, spring training. And the NBA preseason, the big three sports in America. Sorry, NHL. Nobody cares about your preseason. Losers. Um, you skate on ice. Whoop-de-doo. Let's get into it. The NFL preseason, preseason, the MLB spring training, and the NBA preseason. Great. I went first last time. You went first this time. Start bench cut. What do you think? I'm starting spring training. Uh, plain and simple. It's fun to watch. I mean, you know, it's like the most accurate to real-life games. That you'll find. Uh, just also the atmosphere is always great. You know, it's the spring. Winter's finally ending. People are having fun. It's getting warm out. Players goof around a little more. It's just a good storyline to follow. You know, you get to kind of just have that new hope. Like every, obviously, preseason has for teams. But you also get to see young guys that, like, you don't get to see as much in your organization. Like, you get to see minor leaguers that won't be with the team when the season starts. But you get to see a little bit more of them. You know, you're like, oh, that guy actually looks like he'd be really good for us. And, you know, it's just, like, a great time. I'm going to bench NFL preseason. Yeah. Mainly because you get about a game and a half worth of seeing starters play. Uh, the rest of it's kind of garbage time. And sometimes oh, it's exciting. It's supposed to MLB preseason, right? It's supposed to MLB Yeah, but, you know, training. a lot of them have the starters play for their first few innings, at least. And it's like they play, what, they play, like, two innings at the beginning. By the end of the playing, six, seven, eight innings. And their pitchers are getting stretched out, so they start pitching longer. 
So actually, their preseason, it gets better as it goes on. You get to see more live players. Where the NFL, it's like, hey, first preseason game, uh, Tom Brady's going to take one snap, hand it off, and boom, he's out. Uh, next preseason game, he'll play like a quarter. Third one, he'll play a half. And then he won't play the final one because they don't want him to get hurt. The other thing that's bad about the NFL preseason, so many injuries happen before the regular season even starts. That could be significant for teams like Jordy Nelson last year. Yeah. Huge loss. Sure. Happened in preseason. I mean, it's exciting because everybody loves football. But at the same time, every time one of your top stars makes a catch, pass, goes for the tackle, you hold your breath a little bit because you're like, we need him for the season. I hope he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that's true. And then so I'm going to cut NBA. NBA preseason is not that exciting. Yeah. It doesn't get much coverage. Uh, it's basically guys just jacking up shots, just trying to get back in rhythm. Get kind of used to it. It's not really anything worth spending time on. No offense. No, done taken. So that's I'm um, going spring training, NFL, NBA. Sounds good. Uh, I am going to start NFL preseason. I like NFL preseason the best. Um, it's right in the middle of summer, so there's not a lot else going on. You know, obviously we've kind of seen that the yeah. last few days. There's really not many sports topics that can be discussed right now. No. Um, other than, if, especially if you don't have the Olympics. Then there's literally nothing other than NFL spring. Uh, or if you spring. don't have a daily radio show where you can just talk about games from the night before. Exactly. Uh, I really like the idea of, oh, now i got to start paying attention to who's cashing everything in preseason so I can start, you know, looking at my fantasy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the, it's not particularly long. It's less than a month long. Um, you got four games. That's all it is. Um, boom, boom, boom. Unless the paint messes it up. Unless the paint messes it up. And I really like the first time in since, like, February that you're seeing football happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between that and that February Super Bowl. It's America's favorite sport for a reason. Exactly. Um, you just don't get that many games of it anyway. So I like that first, that first time that you see someone kind of go out and do a cool pass and whatnot. You're like, oh, yeah, it's back. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. I am benching MLB spring training. Um, I like everything that you say about MLB spring training. I like, um, you know, when, when it's that's kind of an indication that summer's on its way. Um, the problem with MLB spring, I'm going to give you the problems with MLB spring training. Why I'm benching him? All right. The first one, I always see them out in really nice weather down in Florida and Arizona and you know wherever else they are, and I'm in the middle of the Northeast winter. When this is all happening, it's like February when pitchers and catchers report. We just gotta get those media press passes. It's just like take I, some trips down. I'm I'm miserable. I'm unhappy, and I'm watching these other guys frolic around and get tan while I'm sitting there, like you know, wearing my big puffy coat and wearing my boots, um, and I don't like that at all. Secondly, uh, I'm usually following basketball around that time. You know what I mean? Like like that time period is right when you want to see like the playoffs start kind of yeah. formulating for basketball, what the seeding is going to be, um, who's going to be getting the number one pick in the draft, or who's, who's going to get the most lottery balls. Um, so I am distracted anyway. I can't totally get it with the MLB spring training. And then, um, you know, the games are fine, but I just don't want to see number 96, you know, bat against number... You know, 78 pitching. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't like that kind of thing. I understand that, you know, the NFL 
as putting backups in a lot of the times. But guess what? So many people get freaking hurt in the NFL that you need to see those backups because you'll realistically see them along the season anyway. Um, So I am benching MLB Spring Training, and I'm sitting NBA preseason. I agree with you. It's not that exciting. I liked it when I went to UMass. They I went to a couple of the Celtics preseason yeah. games that went to the... Uh, like In person, it. it's probably not bad. They do them in fun locations, and I like that about them. Like, yeah. they'll do a preseason game, like, overseas. Like, they did one in China last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I like that kind of thing. But, yeah, I agree with you. So I'm going to start NFL preseason, bench MLB spring training, and then um, cut NBA preseason. Cool. This is a good episode, Greg. It was. I liked it. I liked this very much. I like when talking about Olympics. Uh, we have one more week of that, and then after that, I think we're going to do a big old NFL um, you know, preview pod. Yeah, we'll probably wrap up the beginning of that one with a little bit of Olympics ending. And yeah, and then I realistically right we'll probably talk a little bit about fantasy going forward and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Might even start a little second podcast, uh, like a 10-minute long one of just fantasy stance. You never know. And then the MOB playoffs are right around the corner, Greg. Yeah. September will be a good time to talk about MLB. Yeah, I'm excited It'll be about it. basically NFL, MLB, all of September. Very cool. You have anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, uh, just the only other sad thing that happened in MLB, real quick, is Prince Fielder is going to probably have his career over because of neck surgery. Yeah. So we didn't talk about that earlier, but, you know. RIP Prince Fielder. Yeah. I mean, second neck surgery. He's still, hey, but good for him. He's going to get paid $24 million until 2020. Can't beat that. Per year, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, this is uh, from all of us here at the Sports Stands, all the producers, all the directors, all the writers, all the staff members, everyone. We want to say thank you for listening. Go leave us a nice rating review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, share us on Twitter, do the whole thing. Until next week, guys, have a nice week. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.